0: Definitely be comfortable being uncomfortable. My co-founder said that to me on day one. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit?
1: Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. How many of you have experienced making a bad hire or had bad hires on your team? I personally lost over $840,000 on just one bad hire alone. So that's why I'm doing a free class called the five secrets to avoiding bad hires that can cost you $50,000 plus each. All you need to do is to text bad hire, spell it out B-A-D-H-I-R-E to 33444. That's double three, triple four, and you'll be registered. I'll see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have Sohan Shah, who is the co-founder of iFunding, which is one of the leading real estate crowdfunding platforms in the world. Sohan, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well, Eric. How are
1: you? Good, good. So why don't you talk a little bit about your background and what you guys do? Sure. So
0: I am the co-founder of iFunding, uh, which, like Eric mentioned, is one of the leading real estate crowdfunding platforms in the world. Uh, My partner and I, we started the company about three years ago. And back then, if you Googled real estate crowdfunding, you'd probably get no results because this concept didn't exist back then. Uh, and so we took on the the grunt work of uh, defining this industry and identifying a solution to to the challenge that most accredited investors face, which is investing directly into real estate, um, not through REITs but, but direct investments. And today, uh, fast forward three years, we have originated just north of forty million dollars uh, through different fundraisers on our platform, and uh, we. J- we just successfully raised a seed round for $2 million uh, last
1: month. All right, perfect. And what do revenues and number of users look like? today? they just ballpark for revenues?
0: Um, I think revenues are close to half a million dollars. And uh, we have just uh, north of 7,000 accredited in- investors signed up on our platform.
1: Awesome. And what is an accredited investor in your definition on your platform?
0: Uh, it's someone who who's made at least two hundred thousand over the past three years, okay. or has made um, at least three hundred thousand as joint sp- uh, income with their spouse over the last couple of years. Uh so this um, is more like
1: a standard uh, type right, of
0: definition, right? Right. So, uh, or in short, you know, a net worth of one million dollars or more, excluding your your primary residence. Got it.
1: Okay. Now. What have you know? I, I've seen this space. I, I remember looking at a even watching an episode of Shark Tank where uh you know people were just weren't sure about real estate crowdfunding. So what have critics said about uh, companies like yours? Um, so to be completely candid
0: with you, Eric, uh, when we started off, a lot of individuals thought of this as um you know something which would which would turn into sham and probably never work out. And and I can see that point of view, right? You've you've never really um come across uh, a a company that that does this successfully, there's no mention of successful exits or returns. And, you know, back then it was a completely different scenario in terms of perception for the industry. What we did well was, you know, we started with smaller fundraisers for single family homes, you know, fix and flips. And uh, we made sure these were shorter term investments, uh, let's say six to eight months, Um, got them funded, renovated, sold the assets. And within six months, we returned capital to our investors, which which served as proof of concept to a lot of the early adopters of, of real estate crowdfunding. And they, in turn, spread the word to their friends and family, saying, hey, you have to check this out. Uh, companies like iFunding are truly helping me uh, make direct investments, which are securitized because they're backed by a physical asset as opposed to peer-to-peer lending, where you know, for, for companies like Lending Club and Prosper, you're making unsecured uh, investments into notes. So that's what really helped us get a lot of traction and momentum going.
1: Okay. Now, you know, you guys have a lot of, you know, a lot of accredited investors. Now, I mean, how did you go about acquiring, let's just say, the first thousand?
0: The first thousand, uh, well, I would say, half of them were through uh, our network. So we, the day we launched, we sent an email to, to all our friends and family saying, hey, guys, we've started a new website. Check it out. If you like what we're doing, opt in for... A newsletter, uh, we'll educate you on, on what we're doing. Hopefully, you can sign up and convert into an investor as well someday. And then uh, there's a lot of organic growth. It's, it's been word of mouth. I, I don't think we spent on marketing at all uh, just until a couple of months ago. So the first thousand users were completely organic. Uh, and it was through events and, and just us writing posts and educating everyone on, on how this works.
1: Okay, hey, and what's you, what's what would you say is one unique thing you guys are doing to acquire more customers today?
0: Um, I think uh, the good thing about my company is uh, both founders, which is my partner and myself, have taken on the onus of of being brand representatives, not just for the company or the product, but for the entire industry. So what we do is um, he does a lot of speaking, I do a lot of writing um, with some of the top publications, and and we use these outlets as uh, a successful means to get the word out about the industry, about uh, our company, and hopefully uh, entertain interested individuals in learning more about who we are and what we do.
1: Okay. And which outlets are you targeting specifically?
0: Uh, So on a personal front, I have uh, just recently uh, started contributing a lot to Forbes. Uh, I just got approved for Entrepreneur, so hopefully next month I'll have an article uh, published with them as a contributor. And then um, uh, I've been writing for a lot of smaller name publications like the YFS magazine, uh, Idea Mench, and and so on and so forth.
1: Okay. And uh, can you give us an example of, uh, you know, maybe a success story from all the, let's just call it guest posting?
0: Sure. So I had um, just last week, uh, uh, I had my most recent article for Forbes published. And this gentleman reached out to me saying he was very fascinated uh, with, with my uh, story of how I got started and, you know, how the company is growing now. He'd like to explore synergies and, if possible, make an investment into the company. So um, we're still in talks. Hopefully, he'll convert into a corporate investor for us. But I think, you know, just, just going out there, trying to brand yourself, being a, an advocate for not just a company, but, but for the work you're doing, truly pays off. Uh, because you'll be surprised by who's reading the content and you know um, if people like what they read They definitely do take the initiative to reach out to you. Got it. Okay
1: now I'm sure everyone in the audience is wondering, you know How do you get on a, like a Forbes or like an entrepreneur magazine? I know you're in the YEC, So they, they help with that but when you're when you regularly contribute to Forbes I think there's more of a relationship there, right? So how do you go about doing that?
0: So um, believe it or not Eric, I have spent almost eight months Writing cold emails and pitches to uh, some of the editors at at, at these top publications—Forbes, Huffington uh, Post—and you know, it's it's always been on deaf ears. Uh, I've been fortunate that some of the most recent individuals to join my company as advisors have done a lot of writing. And also one individual that I'd definitely like to give a shout out to is Jason Saltzman from Alley NYC. Uh, he recently formed a partnership with Entrepreneur Magazine. And uh, he shared some some good tips with me on you know how to craft my pitch when I write a cold email to some of these editors. Um, so what was needed, I believe, was just having one good article which could serve as the basis for someone to take take my pitch seriously, and it was it, it was that first article which which is I think produced uh, sorry published in Idea Mench that got a lot of eyeballs. Uh, it truly showed uh, my entrepreneurial passion and uh, got me some traction and uh, allowed me allowed editors to look at my application seriously. And I was I was fortunate enough to to get some more uh, opportunities to write since then. Okay.
1: And what's your process like? I mean, you're running this company and you're writing often. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you have some type of process for it. So how, I guess, how often are you writing per week and how much is it per week?
0: Um, so I, I believe in what's called work breakdown structure. And what I try to do is every day after I come home from work, or even during my office hours, uh, anything that I learn, I try to make sure I at least note it down uh, even if in, in just a couple words. And when I come home, if I have the time, if I'm not exhausted, I just try to uh, sort of go into details about what my experiences were for the day. And towards the weekend, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate I live by the waterfront. Uh, it's pretty inspiring to, to go to the coffee shop and, and expand on those thoughts, uh, which, you know, with time just turn into interesting stories with, that, that I can share in the form of an article or a blog post.
1: Okay. And th- for these posts, I mean, how many words do you think you're writing per post?
0: Um, at least six hundred. I know that most of uh, most of the publications out there have a six hundred uh, lower limit uh, on the word count. And then if it's for some of the uh, more technical uh, publications, um, it, I, I do go up to five hundred words. But six hundred is the standard.
1: Okay, perfect. So why don't we shift gears a little bit? You know, let's let's talk about. Uh, I know you wake up at four a.m. every day. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm surprised
0: you know that. Um, <laughs> I know a right? lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a tech team that's based out of India. And um, just just to sort of uh, be a little detailed in this response, when we started the company, number one, we lacked the resources to hire someone full-time in-house because it was just my partner and myself. And, you know, the two of us had put up all of our net worth into starting this company. So we really wanted to stay away from committing too much capital towards um, – Hiring, so uh, I took a trip to India, uh, met with some friends and family, and through recommendations and uh, just networking, came across a team which was passionate and willing to work with us remotely. Um, the, the good thing is, you know, if you have referrals before you make such a hire, hire, it doesn't matter if there's a, a geographic distance between uh, the two parties that are communicating. Management is management isn't such a challenge. Uh, The only challenge for us was maybe the time difference and to get over that I've I've sort of been waking up sooner than uh, Most people my age do Uh, so that's 4 a.m. for me and and once I wake up at 4 I I spend the first couple hours just going through what's what's a priority for the day what they've already accomplished uh, over the past couple hours since they got to office and Not really micromanage, but but set the vision for the remainder half of the day on, on what needs to be accomplished
1: Got it. Okay. Now it's interesting because you'll hear from people in, in you know, um, especially in the San Francisco Silicon Valley world where they say, you know, you have to have people in-house or else it's going to lead to a lot of waste. And then, uh, you know, I think it's called, I forget what it's called, um, technical something, but it, it can lead to waste, which is, which is what I'm saying. But apparently you've made it work for you working with an overseas team um in, in India. So um, what would be your response to, to people like that? And is, is your goal to continue working with that team or are you going to uh, start hiring developers um in the United States?
0: Um, so, I, I think a lot uh, of of individuals or companies that have had uh, not-so-positive experiences with outsourcing or having a remote team is also because of the level of communication or how well you know them, right? The, the fact that I took two, two trips to India, I had a lot of references of individuals who had worked with them before, helped me. Uh, and, and the good thing here has been that uh, our company has since raised some seed capital, so we did hire a chief technology officer in-house. The the long-term vision for my tech team in India is to make sure they can support new development and and the maintenance of the systems here. But yes, you are right. You know, we're slowly bringing everything in-house. Uh, I do not see the company scaling with just an outsourced model for uh, for the technology services that we use. Got it. Okay.
1: Cool. So let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I know you meditate um, for up to forty minutes, which is uh, kind of insane to me. So how do you go about doing that? Because you know, typically I can do when I meditate, I'm, I'm up to ten minutes. You're doing four times more. So explain that.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't think I've been consistent with that. I do it anywhere from twenty to forty minutes, uh, sometimes even longer. The reason for that being, uh, you know, it, I started this company when I was twenty-four, and You know, in the early days, since it was just my partner and myself, it really didn't matter um, how we went went through the day. But now that we have a team, I think my responsibilities have increased multifold. And the discipline that is expected out of me is a lot more as well. Making sure that, you know, no matter how overwhelmed I might be, through you know different challenges that the company might be facing, that I might be facing. It's important that none of that uh, is reflected in a negative fashion when I'm interacting with my team. And that was the biggest incentive for me to, to sort of put in the extra time and, and, and just um, uh, meditate or, or make sure I take out some time to, to develop my personality uh, on an emotional and psychological basis uh, on a daily basis.
1: Got it. Okay. So tell us about one big struggle you faced while growing this business.
0: One big struggle would be, uh, I think, uh, hmm, it's a good one. I would say it's uh, with the fact that, you know, on a personal basis, I, I didn't have any entrepreneurial experience before I funding so initially, I did find it difficult for myself to be taken seriously when I approached uh, investors or partners. Uh, but the fact that you know my company is doing well, I have a solid team, and uh, the, our deals are performing well, helped a lot. And with time, uh, I learned a lot more about the business, and that that sort of helped me get over these challenges.
1: Okay. And what advice would you give your let's say your twenty-one-year-old self? What's one piece of advice?
0: Uh, Definitely be comfortable being uncomfortable. My co-founder said that to me on day one. He said there are going to be situations where you feel, uh, you know, you're standing in front of a room of 100 people and you know what your insecurities are, but they cannot read into your mind. So don't worry about that. Be confident. Uh, Make sure you get through different challenging situations. And live and learn, right? You know, we all make mistakes. You don't have to uh, get the right result each time, or, or, or just uh, perform exceedingly well. Just make sure you go, on, you keep on improving. I love
1: it. And what's one product, What's one productivity hack you can share with everyone?
0: Uh, make sure you you know you you remove some time out for yourself, uh, especially on the weekends. I started the company thinking that the more i work the better my company will perform but i think after 18 months or so i i reached a point where i was completely burnt out and it sort of came in the came in the way of me doing my job right cuz um, me working hard was was definitely a good thing but i don't think i was able to contribute to a lot of um, the, the the celebrations that my team and my company would have liked for me to participate in and just be a better team player. So I think it's important to take some time off with your friends and family or even your team members and make sure you enjoy that free time uh, as and when you can. How did you adjust to that specifically? Uh, I just had this rule for myself that, you know, once it's 5 p.m. on Friday, unless there's something urgently required, I should probably try and either step out of the Um, step out of my house or my office, wherever I am, um, travel and explore new activities. So uh, I I took, uh, not many people know this, but I I took up the challenge of working on some of my not so developed um, skill sets. The most important being public speaking. I am terrified of public speaking. And I started taking classes over the weekend. And that sort of was a good distraction from being obsessed with with iFunding 24-7. And it also helped me grow one of my skill sets, which I never really had the opportunity to work on previously.
1: Awesome! Yeah, I think signing up for different classes, getting your, getting your, just getting your mind off of it, it helps you come up with new ideas, helps you relax as well. So, I, and it's just generally more relaxing, so you don't burn out. So, I love it. Um, what's one must-read book you'd recommend to everyone?
0: I would say it's "Don't Sweat the Small Stuff." It's all small stuff by Richard Carlson. Yeah. That book is. It's got everything you you'd like to learn about or read about, be it management, or leading a team, or being an entrepreneur.
1: Okay, love it. Now, with iFunding, uh, you know what's the, you know what's again what's the the minimum amount required for people to start investing? Let's let's assume someone's an accredited investor, they meet that criteria, but what's the minimum amount?
0: The least for our deals is five thousand dollars. Now, some of the deals are larger fundraises, if it's a multi-million dollar fundraise. Uh, we can't really make do with a five thousand minimum because there's a ninety nine investor max that we can accommodate per deal. So for such deals, we'd have a ten thousand dollar minimum.
1: Okay, and help me understand this. I mean, when you know, when do people, uh, on average, I guess, when do
0: people, when are people going to see their money back? Um, typically, between six to twelve months. So a lot of the deals that we do nowadays are, are debt offerings, which means once you invest. You get a monthly coupon on your investment, which is typically twelve to fourteen percent. So, uh, from the time you make your investment on the thirtieth day, you'll probably see the first pay, uh, the first payment come through, and then for so for the next six to twelve months.
1: Wow! So, on av- are you saying on average it's twelve to fourteen percent return? Yes. Wow, it's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. And what's the best way for people to find you online, Sohan?
0: Um, the, the company website is ifunding.co with dot .co.
1: Okay. And yourself, maybe
0: a Twitter or anything? Yeah. My Twitter handle is Sohin Shah one. And, um, you could also find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty responsive to any communication that comes my way. I'm very passionate about startups and would love to help out in any way I can for uh, anyone that has questions.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I think there's a lot of potential for for iFunding, so I hope you guys do uh, do extremely well. A lot of good stuff to come. But uh, Sohan, thanks so much for joining us. You know, Everyone, make sure to check out iFunding.
0: Thank you for this opportunity, Eric. Appreciate it.
1: How many of you have experienced making a bad hire or had bad hires on your team? I personally lost over $840,000 on just one bad hire alone. So that's why I'm doing a free class called the five secrets to avoiding bad hires that can cost you $50,000 plus each. All you need to do is to text bad hire, spell it out, B-A-D-H-I-R-E to 33444. That's double three, triple four, and you'll be registered. I'll see you there.